When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the Adventure Jogger podcast brought to you by Rick Albanese, Ruben Poole, Ron Anderson, Scotty's Nipple Tape, one of my faves, and O-Tram. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Cole, it's always great to have you on The Adventure Jogger, man. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, happy to be here. Um, you did bring your wife, Ashley, which I'm I'm happy Ashley is on the podcast because before we talk about the real reason why you're on this episode of The Adventure Jogger, making some more history, uh, breaking some records, there's something I think we need to address that I'm glad she's here because I really feel that when people think about Cole Crosby, they don't think about running across New Jersey. Uh, they don't think about just an incredible finish at Cocodona, and they certainly don't think about you yet for what you've accomplished that we're going to talk about on this episode. I think they think of Cole Crosby as the guy who bought his wife Belega socks for Christmas when she bought, got him a $1,500 race entry fee. And I'll, I'll, I'll admit, I'm partially to blame for all of that. So I thought maybe we could just take a moment to speak to Ashley and kind of maybe... I don't know, clear this up. Maybe the reputation's deserved. Maybe I've been hard on you all this time, Cole, but I just think it's, maybe we start off. Is that okay to start in that direction with you? Yeah, she's, she's the queen, so let her I know let her have the stage. All right, okay, that was a good answer, Cole. Boy, that's an answer. That's not an answer someone who buys his wife socks is going to give. That's impressive. I think you may get a bad rap and all this. Ashley, how are you? Thank you for, for joining us. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> okay, so Ashley, let's go back to Christmas two years ago. Okay, at some point, you're like, listen, my man, my boo, wants to run this ridiculous race called Cocodona. What did what was your reaction when you went online and and saw how much this Christmas gift was going to cost you? Well, I kind of knew it would be expensive because he had been looking at that race for a while, but it was, I, I was really happy that I could actually do it, like afford to do it for him. So it was good. It was exciting. So you pay, you pay the ultra sign up fee, you know, you see that money just disappear from your bank account like that. And you're thinking we've been talking about this. He's been dropping hints, you know, this is, he knows how much this costs, was there any part of you that was thinking, boy, what is jolly old St. Nicholas going to leave under the tree for Ashley? Uh, well, 
No. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's say, okay. She's being modest. We really didn't know how difficult it would be to crew for for Cocodona. Yeah. And we learned a lot, but I, I didn't know that it would not be a vacation for myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was thinking like Sedona, Foz. <laughs> we, we didn't have much fun in Sedona because we were so torn apart by the time we got done with the race. But in my defense <laughs> and in Cole's defense, I did think I was going to get a vacation. <laughs> I look. Well, and hang on. It's probably because Cole left out important details like, honey, you're going to have to follow my ass through the desert for basically three days. He left that information out. When he's, when he's like trying to show you, when he's Googling Cocodona and going, honey, look at this race. It's in Sedona. Wouldn't it be great to go to Sedona? He left out a big chunk of that. You know, Ryan, it was like moments like this where I was like, please don't read the fine print. Actually. Please don't read the fine print. <laughs> so, so you're thinking you're going to get a vacation. So really, Christmas morning, after you're done having some eggnog and you unwrap a present that is probably looks like socks wrapped in wrapping paper with tape all on the weird sides. You're going, this is really okay because I'm getting a vacation too, right? Yeah. I mean, so I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm like so worried about killing the joke because I love that the Belega socks has become a thing because everyone buys me a Belega socks now and and I love, I love Belega socks. And so, and they're they're expensive, you know, they're they're like, they're not the cheapest socks out there. Though I will say... We used Swift Wick socks in this last race, and his feet were perfect. So, well, there goes I, any hope of getting Cole the Belega sponsorship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do love Belega socks. However, they came in. We always dock each other's stuffing or stuff each other's stockings. So, it it did come with other stuff. So he was being a little modest. Modest. I mean. It wasn't a fourteen hundred dollar trip to <laughs> wherever, but it was. It was. I got a few more things than just the Bulega sauce. Hey, listen, Ryan, I'm I'm trying to figure this stuff out. You know, I'm uh, trying to take all my time as an Ethan Tech rep on the road and be able to figure out how to book a really great trip that has nothing to do with running. It's and impossible. All vac- all vacation for really Ashley. That's what I really really want this year is a vacation that is not a race. <laughs> my words on this podcast. I am going to make it happen in one way or another is going to happen i promise Um, that we are going to check up on the christmas episode i'm telling you i'm booking it right now i know it's only (laughs) we're recording this like the end of march but we are booking the crosby's for the christmas episode (laughs) so just going back for a second so because of an inside joke on a tertiary running podcast you are now swimming in belega socks ashley I, I have baskets of beliefs. <laughs> She's sponsored without being sponsored. I mean, this is, this is one of the best deals you can think of. And I wear them everywhere. I'm like, hey, look at my new beliefs. <laughs> wow. You had no idea when Cole, first of all, sold you a bill of lies about a vacation to Sedona. <laughs> <laughs> and then he go, he's probably like, hey, hey, baby, listen, um, I'm going to go on this big time podcast and you're probably thinking Joe Rogan. And then you're like, I'm on this thing called the adventure jogger and you listen to the episode and you're like, Oh God, he brought the Belega socks. And little did you know that that would just be a windfall for you and you are swimming in socks. Thank you so much 
to the adventure jogger. (laughs) (laughs) She has so many socks that we can knit like a hundred sweaters with them. So we're all about changing lives here on the adventure (laughs) jogger. That wow. Okay, you know I'm still. Let's just let's just run with this joke. If this gets Ashley socks, I say we just still run with that joke. I'm I'm not. Let's not clear it up. Is that cool? There's nothing better than a fresh pair of socks. Especially if they're your favorite brand. Frank Sinatra never wore the same pair of socks. I think it was Frank Sinatra, right? Yeah. He always wore like a new pair every day is what Chuck told me, his dad. So. And in the internet world, what goes best with comfy Balega socks? Hoka shoes. Ashley is a size 10. <laughs> she loves Hoka's. She's training for a marathon. Hook her up. I am training for a marathon. So. Well, very cool. That's, that's awesome. Which one are you doing? <laughs> I'm going to do the New York City Marathon. Okay. So you- it'll be different and fun and yeah because dragon pulls ass all over the the creation it's probably made you go like i need to start doing this because he owes me big time Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean running is in my favorite sport (laughs) but i'm 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 getting getting through it i'm learning to be okay with being uncomfortable which is what running is all about so (laughs) I'm sure it's less uncomfortable while you're running the marathon than following Cole for days and days on end in a camper. Yeah, that was what this one was wild. The the one we just did. So yes. This thing is incredible. It's called the speed project. And I've had guests on the past that have participated in the speed project. But in case you missed those episodes, Cole, this is it's LA. It's an old race that turned into a relay and then they started allowing people back in again to run solo. It's from L.A. to Las Vegas. Um, it's unsupported. There is no route. You are just told you start here in Los Angeles and you finish here in Las Vegas. And however you choose to get there is how you choose to get there. And you can take any course you want. But the first person, no matter how far they've gone, that goes from Los Angeles to Las Vegas wins, right? Yeah, that's how it's that's how it's set up. It's just absolutely incredible. This is something that you have to really support on your own. You were the first runner ever to run the original route of the speed project, three hundred and forty six point eight miles. Three hundred and forty six point eight miles in ninety two hours. And 57 minutes. Holy crap, Cole. That is a heck of an accomplishment. And I got to throw an asterisk there, Ryan. And it's supposed to be 341. I got a little bit turned around. So that's where the extra miles come into play. Sorry, but hey, it makes it a little bit sexier, right? It it, it really does. But here's what I want to know. And I want to go to you, Ashley, because the coolest thing ever, this is like one of my favorite things about doing a podcast and, and meeting people like Cole and I get to meet you and you're like, like Cole finishes up the race and it's like, I, I think it was like Saturday or Sunday morning and you're texting me photos and like, dude, I did it. I did it. And I got to watch you. I could follow you along on social media as you kept, you know, just, it was, it was so incredible and so exciting to see you finish. But what I really want to know is Cole, you told me that Ashley and some of her friends were your crew for this entire 346 mile adventure. Here's the real question. And and if and if people are like I'm going to tune out of the podcast, don't tune out until this question is answered. Ashley, did you have Cole convince your friends that this was going to be a vacation 
So they would come along. Was this the string of lies? Did it continue? I, I may be guilty of helping him with that because <laughs> I try. I did try. I was like, you know, it's going to be work, but we'll all be together and we can all help. Again, it was a lot more than even I expected, but one of them, it was her birthday on Monday when we started the race. And she was just, at first, she was just looking forward to going to LA, which is the shortest portion of our trip at the beginning. And the other one was looking forward to going to Vegas for the first time. And um, we, yeah, so maybe I did a little bit, but I will say they had a blast. I know they did because they, like, we all kind of had this come to our, you know, Jesus moment where we were just like, wow, we just did something crazy, incredible. And I think in hindsight, I don't think either one of them would have backed out if they knew what kind of work was involved. Mm Are you blocked on their phone? When's the last time you talked to them? Have you tried to text them and and they've texted you back since then? This morning they texted me and they're like, "Wish I was still in the desert. Never thought I would say that." Wow. Okay. Yeah, we got a we got a crew for life. It seems like so it, it worked out well. All I could, all I could imagine. We met so many cool people who were doing the relays mm. and and the other teams. So it was it was it was fun. It ended up being really fun. <laughs> All I can imagine now, knowing you a little bit, Ashley and Cole, is you guys being like, hey, listen, we love you guys. And, you know, we've got this vacation planned. It's a really cool kind of trip. It's it's real, you know, untraditional trip. We're going to you know, go to Los Angeles and we're going to rent a camper um, and we're just going to drive to Las Vegas because, you know, that's fun. And Cole's going to run a little bit. Like maybe, you know, we'll see him once in a while. He's got to get his miles in. But we just want you guys to come with us. It's going to be awesome. And then... When you pick up the camper and then you go to packet pickup, that's when they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa what? And they kind of let them in, you ease them into this whole big process. That's how I kind of pictured that whole thing went down. Yeah, a little bit. They're just like, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have time to do some art and maybe some painting. And Kelsey was, I'm going to read this book for my book club when I come back. And neither one of them <laughs> had any time for any of that. We didn't even have time for sleep. I, I got to say, too, like the beauty of this whole experience, too, is we had two crew members that had never been to a running race before, never crewed before in their lives. And just the way that they kind of like they came into it with this like burning enthusiasm to like just see what is possible and see what what this all encompasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think I think for them, like they just did such an incredible job. Like they, uh, the, the synergy that we had as a group was just like, uh, the most incredible, powerful thing out there. And, uh, I think coming, you know, once we finished the whole thing, I mean, I think all of us were kind of in agreement that, that we, we witnessed something special and it was because yeah. each one of us played such a pivotal role, um, in the whole experience. And, you know, that's something that you can never take away. It's priceless. So after they realized that there'd be no wine or books or art, it was just going to be sitting in a stinky camper, uh, <laughs> applying lube to Cole's feet in the middle of the night. <laughs> then they, then they finally kind of the suffering and the shared experience of getting Cole across that finish line created a bond. It sounds like it, it did. It really did. And we, we made some really dumb choices and decisions when we were out there while Cole was running. And I think we, I mean, we got stuck in a, sand dune or like a sand bank trying to turn around a class a on a two-lane highway with really no shoulder in death valley mind you (laughs) (laughs) and 
And we got it unstuck in like seven minutes flat. And the the guy, there was a guy in a truck staring at us the whole time. And he, he was like, oh, I knew you girls would figure it out. And we were like, yeah, well, thanks for helping. Yeah, right. Like, just go on. Like, we tried to get him to go around. He wouldn't go. But anyway, stuff like that happened. We left the gas on one day. And we were all like, what's going on? It smells funny in here. <laughs> And when the, on the first day, we got smacked in the face taking a video. Um, the tree, like, almost came through the window and um, smacked us. But we, we had fun, and we didn't – we got our deposit back on the RV. So, in other words, like, all I had to do was just run. And they yeah, he had it easier. And I, sure. I would just there would be moments where I would just hear like an eruption of laughter behind me, and I'm like, I guess they're having fun. <laughs> um, we so, were hilarious. So you know, I mean, it was good for me. That was real, real positive. Like, and again, with them being able, they bonded so well in the whole thing. Like, there was crazy things that happened, as Ashley alluded to, that they were together and were able to get through things. And really, my low points weren't necessarily as low as some of the stuff that they had to go through so and i ran with him i paced him and i'm really slow but i was able to pace him at the end so that's fantastic we'll get to that that point in a moment i want to kind of wind back just a little bit um and kind of get the start and the training and and some of the highs and lows um of that race because it just i mean it just sounds so incredible i do think maybe you want to leave this part out ashley i don't know did you promise um, your friends, some pairs of Belega socks, if they came along, did they get hooked no, up with some Belega? We, we could get them some Belega. We promised them some, some really nice sunglasses. So we're going to order them some sunglasses. Well, drop a name and maybe you'll get it for free. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So Cole, when did you decide to do the speed project and when did that race come on your radar? Um, it came on my radar in, I believe it was 2021 when David Kilgore ran it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he set like the, the standard solo record. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, it's kind of like a Barkley marathon in a way. It's like, how do you get into this thing? You have to know someone that knows someone that knows someone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not that cool. Like, I don't know how to, I don't know someone that knows someone that knows someone to get into this thing. Right. So I'm like, it, this is never going to happen. So it was just a pipe dream, right? And uh, lo and behold, in an Airbnb last year, um, right before Cocodona, uh, I was running the Boston Marathon, and a friend of a friend knew a friend that knew the race director of the Speed Project. And we were talking on the table. And he was like, "Oh, I know, I know, I know, uh, I, I know the race director. I could, I could get you in." And He's like, are you serious about running the Speed Project solo? And I said, yeah, 100%. And the rest was history. Made it, made a connection on Instagram, got a direct message. Here's the link to the uh, application. Fill it out. That doesn't mean you're going to get chosen, but there's a high likelihood. And I put the application in, and then a month later, I got the congratulations. You've been accepted. And the rest was history. Did he say at any point, are you the Belega guy? Never, never. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if you listening to the podcast, but better. Okay, good. Uh, Ashley, how did Cole after the fun you had at Cocodona and the various other adventures that Cole has been on? How did Cole break the news to you that you know what romance is is in the eye of the beholder, and sometimes you know 
uh, having sweaty, stinky coal, falling asleep, eating ice cream in a camper is more romantic than like a like a candlelit dinner or something. How did he break the news that romance has to wait, Ashley, because daddy's got to run the speed project? How did that whole conversation go down? Well, he's I, he's definitely taking me somewhere for my birthday. My birthday is at the end of May. It's coming up. So I, I don't know where we're going yet, but it's not going to be for a race. And, and How do you know you can't trust him at this point? You can't. I'm not, I'm, I promise. I need I his promise. credit card, so I'm going to just book it. <laughs> you know what I need to do? I'll, I know the guys from Ultra Sign Up. Ashley, I'm going to send them an email saying, lock out Cole's account for May. <laughs> like, no. Don't allow him yes, to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can make that happen just for you, Ashley. I'm going to make sure that <laughs> the Ultra Sign Up locks Cole's account for the next couple of months. <laughs> I, need, I need to recover. I'm taking my taking my time to recover. But he brings. But I can up, definitely recover with a vacation. That's true. But he brings up the speed project to you, and and just the amount of you had so much fun from Coca Dona. You probably still have PTSD from that whole experience. <laughs> um, what, how did he How did he bring it up to you? And what was your initial reaction to having to drag his ass through the desert again? Well, I mean, he, he was just. When he told me about the speed project, I I thought, okay, wow, that's a that's a lot. I knew that he wanted to start trying to do multi day races, and we had talked about him building up to doing like staged races that you break up each day. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had learned so much from the Coca Dona race about how to take care of his feet, how to sleep, how to eat, the nutrition, everything. And so when he said that he was going to do it, I, I thought, oh yeah, yeah, okay, we'll we'll, we'll do this. Um, this sounds like it could be fun if we have like an RV. Um, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's figure this out. And I, I actually really enjoy crewing and I've thought about potentially like trying to build a, like a real crew network for people who maybe don't have friends that can take off work and come yeah. be part of a crew. So, um, it was actually, I kind of like look forward to doing it and, um, I got really into it, to- especially towards, uh, as we got closer to the race day, I was like building these run kits of like nutrition and med med stuff. So yeah, I mean, it, it, the, the distance is like not, it's not something that's easy for anyone to really comprehend. Right. Even when you've seen someone run really far, you just can't like fathom 300. And, and, and he, and he was like, I'm not going to run like the, dis- the, the fastest distance. I'm going to run like, the route that all of the original relays ran. And he told me that it was going to be like 40 miles more. I'm like, why, why, why don't you just try to win? <laughs> and he's like, it's not about winning. So it's about being the first. Yeah. There's only one person that walks on the moon. And how can you be like, okay, this is really, it's actually really inspiring. So how could you be like, no, I don't want to do that. You know, you, you, you hear it and you're like, okay, yeah. Like you want to, you want to support that. Um, and you want to just see, like, can he do it? Can yeah. is he going to really be able to do it? So, I mean, of course, like, I I have all of the faith in the world that he's, and I've seen how much like endurance he has and dedication. But 340 miles is so much; it's 90 miles more than he had ever done. So, yeah, it. I think it's still, it's still, I'm still trying to process. Yeah, I mean, and from my perspective, I. I feel like I have a very strong, like, I feel like my mental strength is my superpower. And so the way I finished Cocodona, it opened my eyes to where that personally for me, I don't feel like there's, uh, I have limits. 
And so like running 340 miles, even though that's 90 miles more than I've ever done to me, in my mind, that's irrelevant. Like if whatever the distance is, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get there. Ashley and the crew is going to do whatever they need to do to support me, to help get me there. And having that confidence is all you need to be able to get to the line. Like, yes, I put in the training, I put in the time, like I'm a student of the sport. I took my notes. I made a lot of mistakes at Cocodona and I learned from those and I applied them uh, to the speed project to not repeat those mistakes. And look what happens when you take those good notes. Some magic happens. So that's kind of, you know, ultimately what I've learned from this whole experience. By the way, um, if you want to learn all about Cole's mistakes at Cocodona, there's an Adventure Jogger episode <laughs> there about, is. about a year back. So you can hear all of <laughs> Cole's mistakes right after they happened, like within days after these mistakes <laughs> happened. Um, Cole, what was your training like to get ready for the speed project? I mean, honestly, it wasn't anything special. It was just the same day in and day out standard mileage and training that I do. I'm not a high mileage runner. Um, I think I had like a one, one or two weeks at a hundred miles, mostly doing 70 to 80 miles a week. Um, I ran 150 K, um, in, uh, like the first week of February, that was like a fat ass event in new England, just to kind of like get myself in a race situation. And that was it. Uh, I was hoping to do just like Okadona, a hundred mile snowshoe race, but there was no snow in New England to make that happen. So my, my secret sauce of a training before a big event didn't really fall into place. So I just kind of rolled into it being a little bit more well-rested. Um, real quick, Ashley, if he has a big race coming up and he wants to take you on a vacation to somewhere with snow, don't buy that lie either. He's looking for there's a snowshoe race there. That just, just don't. <laughs> he, I know, I was, he was supposed to take me to snowshoe this winter for Christmas, and we didn't get any. Nope, no, nowhere had any snow that we could get to. Ah, darn it, Cole. Come on, man. I know. Strike, th- strike <laughs> no. three. We're on strike three at this point. Um, so regular, <laughs> regular <I> surrender. Tra- <laughs> so regular training for you, Cole, mentally. How do you wrap your mind around this? Like Ashley had said, it, it's 90 miles farther than you had ever gone before. Um, how do you wrap your mind around not only just 340 miles, but this is not 340 miles in perfect running weather, which would be cloudy and 50 degrees. You're going from LA to Las Vegas. This is hot, hot, hot. Even when the race is going on, how did you mentally prepare? Um. I think probably the best way that I kind of approached it was I looked at Cocodona. There's a lot of, you know, whatever it is, 30,000 feet of elevation gain in descent. Mm-hmm. And this race has about half of that for the OG route that I did. And so I'm thinking, well, it's further. There's less elevation going up and down. It's on more road. So in my mind, theoretically, it should be easier. And so, and possibly faster. And so... I kind of use that as a mental confidence booster for me saying it, it's not that bad. Like I have the foot speed. I, I know I can cover those 90 miles. I know if, if there, if, if my, my tires are falling off, I know that I can crawl my way 90 miles. Is it going to take me an extra day? Maybe, but I know that I can get it done. And so I think I leaned on kind of my past experiences um, and use that as kind of uh, some arrows in my quiver. 
Ashley, we know the lies you and Cole had to tell to get your crew there. How did you, other than that, other than that, how do you prepare when he's telling you, okay, he's finally explained this to you, you know, the the, the speed project, this is what it is. I want to run this route. And, and you're like, why would you go this far? This is stupid. Uh, how did you plan to crew him in this endeavor? So first I had to recruit people. <laughs> I had to lie to people to get them to come. And then we, we had a couple of actual meetings and I had, um, I had made, like I said, I had to make, made some like very thorough race kits that one of them was like a med box and one of them was nutrition. And that was something that I, I don't think we were fully prepared. You know, this time we went into it having like a really comprehensive grocery list and, we all met together a few days before the race, before the flights, and we were talking about, you know, what if this happens? Let's go through this. And then the biggest piece I think for us to grasp was uh, the social media and like how to like share the story as we were going. Kelsey's a graphic designer. She's excellent. She works in um, food waste uh, management. She's awesome. And she offered to really help us kind of um, maintain the social media because we have so many great friends and family that even donated to help pay for the trip. And we wanted to make sure we were sharing that journey with them. So we came up with like a social media plan and then a sleep plan, a nutrition plan. There were just, there was so much planning that we did ahead of time just to make sure we had all a notion of the answers beforehand. Um, and then and then booking everything and, and making sure everything was, you know, all set, set there. Yeah, and I, I want to chime in quick too that the route, so the OG route, one of the things, one of the reasons why I chose it too was that um, talking to the, the race director, logistically, it's a longer route, but the, the turn by turn directions are already provided to you in a pamphlet. And gotcha. so we I, we didn't have to make up a route. We didn't have to, like, if something was closed, we didn't have to cross check that. Like, we had a really great, um kind of backup just yeah. in case and there's no there's no a lot of that race there isn't very good reception or gps so you do have to be a little bit resourceful there were mm -hmm. a couple of road closures that we weren't prepared for but we were able to luckily we were able to pull up a map and see a way for him to go around which also probably contributed to the extra mile yeah and there's a there's a few there's like two little road detours where you just follow the detour sign and then it takes you to where you need to go that kind of thing yeah so the plan, good planning. You got a plan for this, plan for that, a box for this, a box for that, schedule for eating, all of that. So here you are. You're in Los Angeles. You're in a rented camper with your friends. She brought her book. Never going to read that book. Boy, just go yeah. ahead and put that over there and bring, put your paints away. It ain't happening. Um, the gun goes off, Cole, and you're on your way from Los Angeles to Las Vegas Break down the first 100 miles of the speed project for us. Well, the first quarter mile, I made the wrong turn. So that was a good, that was a good start. I was like, oh, crap, I got to be by the REI. And I was like running with uh, Shelby Farrell, who has run the speed project and won it for the ladies and uh, also has done well at Cocodona. And she was on a bike and I was like, hey, great running with you. I got to turn over here. I need to be on the OG route. See ya. Uh, so that's how it all, that's how it started initially. And, and they missed the first checkpoint. Yeah, they missed the first checkpoint. It's uh, honestly, it's dark. It's kind of like, uh, it was like misty. Like uh, the California has gotten some weird weather. And that's yeah. something we can talk about a little bit too. It was like rainy and like we had windstorms and all this crazy mother nature stuff. Um, 
but it started off misty and um, I wanted to go out a little bit aggressive because the way that I, I knew the course was in relation to what everyone else was going to do was the time that I lose in terms of miles, I give them miles in the beginning and in the end. Mm-hmm. The middle is almost almost similar or almost yeah. identical. Um, and so I thought, okay, I'm going to see, I'm going to stick my nose in it and see what happens. So I'm going to go out fast. And I think I went through hundred miles in like in the 17 hour range. Wow. Um, and for me, that was about as fast as I could go, knowing that I could kind of pull in the reins and still be able to put together a solid performance. So, uh, you know, mind you, the first hundred miles, you're kind of climbing up through the Hollywood Hills. Um, through Santa Clarita. You go through Santa Clarita. There was that funny incident that was on a bike path and they were like, smile. And then like they get hit by a tree. And then I just like laughed. I'm just like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. I hope they're okay. Hope the RV's okay. And I forgot to ask him about it when we were at the checkpoint. But it was pretty routine, honestly. The first hundred miles, it's it's kind of like we were just kind of, uh, you know, every so often checking in, getting my food. We, we mapped how much time I spent at each checkpoint. And my goal was to be as minimal as possible. And so from a sleep standpoint, uh, my goal was uh, run for 10 hours, rest for two. Any bit of time that I spend in, in, in a checkpoint or an aid station, that goes against my two hours. Gotcha. Okay. Whatever I have that's left over, I'm going to sleep. And so that's kind of how we approached it. Um, we were just so good with it. I mean, I think for the first 200 miles, I didn't, besides sleeping, I didn't stop more than maybe like, at least in the booklet, it said like four minutes at most checkpoints. I think there's maybe a few where I was at like maybe 10 or 15 minutes, but that was only like maybe like two of them. Yeah. So pretty incredible. It sounds like the first 200 miles, your biggest worry was whether or not you were going to get the deposit back from the rental RV company yeah. because of that Yeah, trade. very much so. We, did, much we so. did accidentally, um, in Barstow, it was so windy that we accidentally knocked the door off the hinge. So <laughs> it didn't have like that trap hinge that keeps it, can, like pulls it back in. They didn't. They didn't dock us for it. Yeah. <laughs> We're like here, this metal piece. Uh, sorry. And Ryan, to talk about Mother Nature too. So like, um, I I feel like this course probably has some like elements similar to uh, Vol State. Yeah. Which I don't even know if I ever want to do Vol State after doing the speed project because it's going Vol State's a thousand times hotter and the roads are probably even more cambered. Yeah. And. Um, this speed project that honestly, the majority of the run, you're on these like cambered roads that just destroy your hip flexors little by little. Uh, we were on top of it, but I mean, that was a huge challenge. And then with all the crazy California weather, I mean, we were hit with sleet, with rain, with wind. I mean, when we went into this, uh, this town called Barstow, I would, that was, I was so flustered. I was so ticked off because it was so windy coming through that town. It blew off my KT tape. It was a dust storm. It was a dust storm. It was breathing wow. in. It was heavy because you were breathing in sand. It was like running in the Sahara. Like if I had ever run the Sahara, like it was, that was Barstow. And I was just like, get me away from this place. Like it was, and then I had to do a whole section of trail by myself. And this was like in the middle of the afternoon. And I'm like, surely I can't get lost and everything's going to be fine. And that whole section, I'm just like holding on to my big, huge sun hat, getting buffeted by 70 mile an hour gusts coming over the, these mountaintops. On ATV trails. So they're actually like um, loose sand. So you sink in when you step into it. It's very, it's a good exercise for your It's like It's like snowshoe running without snow. Yeah. And um, it was just brutal. And 
I, I I got a little bit turned around. And by the time I made it to them, I was like so gassed. And I, I remember they thought that Jack in the Box. And I was just like, I don't care. Whatever this food is, oh, French fries. And I just inhaled the French fries because I just, mm. I needed a little bit of civilization in my stomach, you know? Yeah. It was a, a tough stretch. Um, but after that, I mean, the first 170 miles are pretty like, urban like out in the deserty kind of like towns and stuff there's a lot of traffic and things like that and then once you get to this place called yermo road it becomes like what i expected this speed project to be wide open roads a lot quieter you and mother nature um which was pretty cool was it that miserable part when ashley told you she broke the door because she knew you wouldn't care yeah. at that point. <laughs> yeah, that was actually once I made it made it to them. The wind was blowing so hard they had we had the door kind of like on a hinge, and all of a sudden it went and snapped. And I was like, "Oh no!" And I'm like, "Don't worry about this cold. Don't get this in your head. Everything's gonna be fine. Like, like we're still a long way from home, you know." So every yeah, time, pretty wild. Every time Cole's coming up on the camper on the RV, <laughs> he's doing his visual scan. Like, okay, he's got anything else? Is there any other damage since I I saw them the last time? So 170 miles. First 200 miles said rather uneventful. I mean, he had some windstorms and Mother Nature really. It hits you in some interesting places. You finally get to the spot of the race, which you said you thought the whole thing was going to be, which is wide open spaces, these wide open roads out in the desert. Mile 200 to 300. Was that, again, just flying flying great and everything's wonderful? Yes and no. Um, so I would say after Yermo Road, I sprinted to the camper. I was on a section by myself on this like rutted out road. And the like heavens were about to open up and just like unleash like crazy thunderstorms and stuff. Yeah. And out there, like there's nothing to block, block you. Like there's no shrubs or anything to protect you. So I was just staring at these big, huge clouds and I'm just like, I'm, I do not want to be wet. I did not bring a rain jacket for this leg. I got to get to the camper. And when we made to the camper, we had a family dinner, which is really cool. We had, yeah. And the next sections were going to be like a lot of these ATV trails by myself. And so we decided to actually take a long sleep and wait out the storm. Yeah. And I think that was strategic, strategically a really wise move because it allowed me to recharge my batteries and coming come into this like trail section well rested. And we also lucked out immensely, Ryan. I don't know what weather gods were at play, but like there's so many times where other runners on these other routes were getting totally pummeled by rain and sleet and snow and stuff. And we only got like wind and like some, a little bit of rain, but nothing that really deteriorated the the road or the trail surfaces. So we, we really lucked out. Um, and that's kind of after that rest, we went out onto the, I went on out onto those uh, dirt sections. They were bone dry. Um, and we were like in a pocket of no, rain we the rain never actually hit any of the places that we he had to run through that's amazing really yeah it was after. it was it was like there was some, there was some the celestial force out there maybe i'm part alien or something and i like hit a button on my nose and summoned something i don't know but it was like ashley showed me the pictures and it was just like us and then like massive rainstorms surrounding us but we were just in this pocket the whole time for hours yeah um being nice and dry so that was pretty cool. Um, By the way, say, real quick, I love yeah. how you assume that it's the universe helping you out, Cole. I mean, when we I all don't know, know, I don't know, it's for Ashley. 
The universe was was trying to work together to make it not suck so bad for Ashley. That's what <laughs> was, it was. I was praying that it wouldn't rain. That's it. <laughs> now, now I know the secret. That was it. For sure. <laughs> or either that or I willed it into existence. Because mm-hmm. it feels like I'm always willing everything to just happen. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was Cassandra all along. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> she was in the corner like, please, oh, please, oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> stretch i mean uh the nighttime stretch i did get turned around a little bit i did um find my way back um it was uh you know it's funny because i thought that that was the crux of this if i could get through that i could get like the run was i I could get through the rest of it it wasn't going to be any bit harder and boy was i wrong um so the og course in my opinion is it's very much a graduate plus plus. it's like getting a phd yeah it's the highest level of challenge that you can get and it progressively got harder and harder and harder and different it's like playing a video game like at this point i was on like level nine i was like oh i almost beat the game it can't be that much harder well forget about that like you know here comes the next big boss battle you better get ready for it um and so uh i had a really good uh what was it the morning of day three yeah, we were on, we, we went to what's called Death Valley Road and there's, it's like a 48 mile stretch and there's not really designated checkpoints. This is the two lane highway that we got stuck jackknife, like yeah. perpendicular. And, um, and it's just a straightaway forever until you just all of a sudden come up on this hill and you can see the road just goes straight into the sky and you know, it's going to be steep, but what you don't know is, it's like a 10 mile hill. Yeah. And we started at, at dinner time and we were all just trying to get to the top so we could eat. Yeah. And sleep. And what's cr- well, all night. And even to go back further on that. So like, uh, we had trouble with the, with my phone and the like tracking thing. And so they're like, where's Cole? Where's Cole? I don't know where he's at. And then when we, before we got in onto Death Valley Road, we uh, got into a town called Baker. Mm-hmm. And then, and then they're like, breaking news. Cole's in the lead. <laughs> And it was like uh, overall up uh, for the solo, and it was like, and, oh, yeah, yeah. and it was like the internet was like, oh my god, what's going on? You know, like yeah. all that facing that. And uh, then that's when we began the whole long stretch through Death Valley, which was unbelievable visually. I mean, it makes me want to run Badwater because it's just, uh, I mean, you have to be there to see, to see it and believe it mm-hmm. and really take in visually what it encompasses. It's like, it's unbelievable um it's truly a life-changing kind of experience in place and uh, i ran pretty well through there it was obviously really hot and i had to take a little nap in the middle of the afternoon and then we pushed hard kind of leading into um sundown and one of my favorite sections was like the storm clouds were like rolling through and the sun was starting to set and it was like really quiet out on the road and stuff and um and then we got into this climb right before the climb though we're in the desert and these storm clouds that rolled in, like, I don't, it was like the sun was going down. It was the perfect angle. And we saw this huge, massive rainbow oh, yeah. and everyone had been talking about rainbows because you don't see rainbows in the desert. And we were like, Oh, we wish we could see a rainbow. And then there it was, it just like the heavens broke open and we saw this beautiful rainbow. And we we're like, 
okay, this is pretty cool. We're in the desert and there's a rainbow. And then all hell broke loose. Yeah. It was a calm for the story. It was. Real quick, I think Ashley should start a service because it does seem like everything Ashley wants happens except this vacation she's been promised. Uh, <laughs> <I know. laughs> but, Someone but, give me a vacation <laughs> with like a, a massage or something. I mean... You did get some good. We did have some fun in Vegas. We but, did, yeah, we did. But that's that's for another podcast time. Um, but I was just thinking that you know it seems like everything Ashley says happens other than that vacation. So you could really say like if if Cole ever wanted to get into one of those races with the crazy lotteries, like let's say Cole wants to run Barkley, right? Gotta send that email whenever. Like you just have to say, I want Cole and Barkley, and it just happens. <laughs> Well, Western States or Leadville. We've been trying to get into the Western States race for a while. Yeah, I'm not going to run Barclay, sorry. Okay, well, just say it right. So, so just, just do it on this podcast because then it'll happen. Ashley, just say Cole Crosby, my, my husband Cole is going to run Western States. Husband Cole is going to want, run Western States and he's going to buy me a vacation <laughs> that doesn't revolve around <laughs> running. <laughs> And he's going to get a lot of ballet socks and bookbook socks because those socks are great. <laughs> you have to plug for Swiftwick because his feet, compared to Cocodona, Cocodona, he lost all his toenails. Almost yeah, like every single one. This race, only Swiftwick and lots of KT tape, no problems. Not even really any blisters, like nothing. His feet were perfect. That's amazing. Yeah. That really it's is kind cool. of freakish. Swiftwick is a great sock made here in Tennessee, so I got to plug the, the Tennessee company. Um, Ashley, if your parents listen to this, I just have a feeling at some point they're going to go, my God, our girl puts up with a lot. <laughs> no, <laughs> no my, unfortunately, well, no, I'm just kidding. My mom like adores Cole. I think she secretly likes him on me. No. Really? She loves him. She's, she loves him. She's the, the proudest mom there. there is. She's like... Well, my son-in-law, Cole, went on this internet uh, talk radio thing where you have to download it on your phone. And he said that his wife gave him socks. Well, now my sweet girl gets socks all the time. And they're not cheap socks. They're like $20 a pair of socks. It's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> she, my mom's from the country. She's old school and very, I'm like, she lives on a farm. And so she's very humble. So she would just, she'd be like, just be grateful for what you got. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. <laughs> so it sounds like the wheels are starting to, to come off a little bit. we got this 10 mile long hill. Um, Which it was only supposed to be 700 feet on the map. Yeah. So we're looking at like a profile of the elevation and it's like a small blip, but it just goes up and up and up. It's like, Ryan, I eat, I eat 700, uh, 700 foot climbs for breakfast here in Rhode Island. That's like going from my house to like, like six miles west of here. Yeah. Right. And so, so like I knew immensely, I, I knew what that was like in my mind. And after like doing this for like halfway, I was like, exhausted already because it's storming car trucks are all of a sudden there's like all these trucks are like zooming by us in the rain and i'm like what that like there was no cars for like hours and all of a sudden all these trucks are speeding by like 85 miles an hour and it was like it was kind of at this point it was like the cosmos trying to test us being like haha you had some fun well now we're gonna put you through the ringer and uh eventually i got to a point where i just had to stop and i was like i had to like talk with the whole crew and like try to regroup and stuff because I was like running out of steam. I just couldn't keep pushing at this like high velocity. I didn't walk. I was like 
taking the trekking poles and like going at 12 minute pace up this thing. And it was like, it's never going to end. And I kind of messed up and he was like, how much longer? And I'm like, maybe half a mile, a mile. And that was like around the fifth mile. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. So it was, I like set him up for the wrong thing. So after that, I did not tell him like any more stuff like that. I'm like, I'm not sure. So, the, um, the police came and talked yeah. to us and they were trying to give us tips on how to get up the mountain and survive it. And, and we, we made it. So to say it was a little bit heated in the van. Um, that was probably our toughest, toughest moment of the whole thing. And uh, once we kind of, we talked to the officer and kind of got an idea of like what to expect that I know helped me a lot. I think it helped the crew out in terms of knowing like, okay, now we know how to approach this. Like we know how much effort we need to put forth. I took a, took a quick nap just to kind of recharge things and then set back out on this, this trek through the, through the nighttime, through this crazy weather and stuff. And this time I think I felt a lot better because I knew that I, you know, I could gauge kind of my effort uh, for the last five miles or so. Um, and after that, we, it was kind of like pushing the snowball up the hill. Once we got enough momentum, you know, before you knew it, we were kind of in the downhill section. I was just kind of flying down the downhill and Ashley was driving and everyone was like half asleep trying to take naps. And, you know, we were, we were we were running on our razor's edge, really. Yeah, that was the low point in the, in the race. Yeah. But think about it this way. If your marriage can handle you telling Cole that there's a mile left when in reality there was five... I think that I, that that's it. I think I think you guys will be married for life. That you've just you you've gone through uh, the, the toughest challenge that a marriage will ever face, and you came out on the other side smiling. So I think that just you know bodes well for your marriage. Yeah. Well, what doesn't kill him, you know, makes him stronger. Right? <laughs> right? It doesn't kill she's, him, she's makes him stronger. OG. She is. She is. She. Yeah. Honestly, and I and I I was I was thinking the same thing when I interviewed David Tosh a couple of, of episodes ago. But you know, behind every great man, and I, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say you're great, Cole. I'm, uh, so just bask in that for a minute. There's an even greater woman, and in this case, her name is Ashley. So with two E's, Ashley with two E's. <laughs> Don't forget that. Carrying coal all over the United States. She's the only reason he does the things he does. Um, so about what mileage is this 10-mile hill in the race? After we finished it, we had about 60, 69 miles left. So, we, so what's 346 minus 69? I'm not going to do math, but 280 maybe? Yeah, we'll say around 280. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and once we made made it there, we kind of got down. Uh, there was like a little town town in quotations. There was a few. It was it was a it was a ranch houses, a church, and a post office. And I was like, "Get me to civilization. I need to I need to re- uh, rest here, and then we're gonna make the final push." And we I think took a maybe like hour and a half to two hour nap, and then I wanted to wake up just as the sun was starting to come up mm-hmm. to get that kind of little energy boost. Um, uh, our crew was so awesome. We were, we were jamming out to some killers and some other music and stuff and just kind of like setting the tone. And I told everybody, I was like, this, this is the day. This is the day that I finish. Like today, today is the day. And I, I kind of equate, almost equated this like experience to like a golf tournament too, because I work in the golf industry and like the, the third day of the tournament is called moving day. Mm-hmm. And my moving day was really my fourth day. My third day was like death day. Like it was, I ran the least amount of miles. Day one was like the the crusher day because I did like 120 miles in 24 hours or something like that. Yeah. 
Um, my goal was to average 100 miles for 24 hours for this whole thing. Um, and so the start of the last day, it was like, there's like this like feeling of like, we got this. Like if we could get through this crazy night nighttime stretch that we had, like how much worse is it going to get? Like we can do it. And I, I just, I think all of us felt inspired and we, we set out, um, listening to the music. I think there was like a live, a live stream moment with, uh, the, the speed project and stuff. And I was like, just cruising. I was doing like nine minute miles, I think at that point. And I remember they're like, Cole, Cole, give them, tell them some words. I'm like, I can't, I can't, I'm in the zone right now. <laughs> and then I was like, hold on one second. I like run over to the van to the camera. I was like, if I tell you one thing, it's that I'm, I'm going real fast and we're going to make it to Vegas. And then I just kept running again. It was so funny. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so it almost sounds like you were smelling the barn with 69 much, miles yeah. to go. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I feel like, um, when you go through like those moments of adversity my body was just feeling so good. Like, I mean, it was like, I shouldn't be feeling this good at this far into a run mm -hmm. and I'm still maintaining this breakneck pace. You know, I'm maybe slowing down a little bit, but nothing crazy. I mean, mostly I'm doing 10 to 13 minute miles this whole entire time. Anytime I was out running, that was what I was doing. Um, hardly even walked. I walked maybe, a, you know, I don't know, let's just say 2% of this thing. Like, honestly, I ran like legitimately almost all of it. And they, and Ashley was a witness as well as the Sandra and Kelsey. I mean, we were just astounded. It was nuts. And, um, wow. you know, this, this whole bad water section, like this next section was just like, so to me, it was one of my favorites. Cause it was like, there was like, there was a nice climb in through this like uh ravine kind of thing. And then you like come out and there's like snow cab mountains to your West. And then you had this like, almost like Serengeti plane, like reminds me of like South Africa kind of, kind of site. And it was just so breathtaking. And it was like, the air was so crisp and pristine. It was cool that morning. And it was like, um, I was wearing my like Las Vegas soccer shirt that I got for 10 bucks because I wanted, I wanted some type of Las Vegas momentum. Right. And it was just like, I don't know. We were just so inspired to keep pushing and, um, and, and push we did. I mean, we just kept, kept going. And that's when we found out that you can pr like project the music to the outside of the RV. So we ended up having like a dance party with Cole in front of us. It was such a deserted highway. We were able to just like ride behind him with our flashers, jamming out some music. Um, and the day, honestly, I felt like it went by really fast, it did. even though it took him, you know, the rest of that whole day, he finished at midnight, um, Thursday night or close to one, maybe. Um, yeah. but the, the, through that whole section, it was just flat. It was hot because the sun was beating down, but it was nice and breezy and the temperature was low enough that we could keep him cool. Except there was a stretch getting towards the last turn before you make this like, um, uh, the final it? climb, the final mm -hmm. climb. It's like a 5,000 foot climb. And, um, this whole stretch reminded me of like, is this, uh, what runners at Badwater must go through because it was only like 65 degrees outside, but the sun was so intense that the pavement I think was like 90 degrees and I could feel it burning through my hokas and I, I, my legs, my shins were getting sunburned and I had sunscreen on them. I'm just like, Aah! and I was like, I had to go in the van. There's a picture of me like all like curled up with a yeah, yes, yes. sunglasses. I'm just like, leave me alone. Cause I was just trying to cool off. Cause it was just like, it was just so, it just felt, it was so weird. It felt like I was like one of those, like, uh, you know, in any famous Tennessee convenience store, you know, the little like chicken finger things that are on the little 
conveyor belt. Yes. I felt like I was one of those damn chicken fingers getting rolled around. <laughs> I was like, get me off this conveyor belt. Please, someone buy me. <laughs> That's so I know it's 79 cents. It's not that bad. It's uh, inflation proof. Come on now. Worth every and, penny. Uh, Worth every penny, that's 79 cents. <laughs> Seriously. Um, and like, that's the closest I can describe to like how it felt. It was just like, and so I can only imagine what runners that do bad water go through because if that pavement's like a hundred, you know, it's 120 degrees down, the pavement is like 20 degrees warmer. I mean, you're going to be turned into like, like when I, when I burn cheese in a pan, you're going to be like burnt to like a dark, dark crisp. There's going to be a house fire. Like, I don't know how they do it. You are um, very exposed on that. Very exposed. Stretch. So it t- if you're going to run through there, you got to be prepared for, you know, the sun. For sure. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, after that, it was kind of like we made the turn. I was kind of mentally a little bit kind of gassed and stuff. I hadn't taken any naps on the last day. I was like, we're pushing through. We got this. The final turn was on a four lane inner like highway. It was like yeah. the only highway that you're allowed to run on. Yeah. Cause it's a bike route. Right. Um, and it's, it's up, it's like another 10 mile hill, but it's, it's less, it's less, less steep. steep. Yeah. And, um, and you just keep running up till you get to the top. I think it's called Mount Springs. And when you get to the top, you can oversee the valley where Las Vegas is. So you can see the whole city of Las Vegas and below. Yeah. And I was, I was, I mean, I, I was, uh, at this point I knew I wasn't going to win overall. Um, but I was fighting neck and neck with Robbie Ballinger, who was kind of going for the, uh, the men's win. And, um, and we were just kind of like neck and neck and, um, Ashley and all of them were like telling me where I stood and stuff. And I was like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Cause I didn't want, I didn't want to get that in my head. Right. Right. But secretly deep down, I was like, I'm going to push a little bit. Cause I know mentally that I got, if, if he takes a little bit of extra time, I might have this in the bag. So we'll see. It's going to be really close. And I think that was, I wanted to make it exciting regardless of how yeah. it would turn out. So, um, so I pushed and, uh, in typical Rhode Island, Cole Crosby fashion, I'm, I feel like I'm a good climber and I just, you know, demolish that climb. Same thing, 12 to 13 minute miles, just straight up this 10 mile, what, you know, 10 mile thing would stop periodically to kind of like snack on, uh, this really good, um, uh, burrito that you, that you all made for me. I was like, nom, 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 nom. And like a, like a cookie monster and then just off I went. He got to where he, he said that nothing, he couldn't get anything to stay. Like he didn't like anything. Nothing was palatable because he had just been eating you know, tons of hummus and and olives and cheese and things like that. So we started making like burritos that have like, like fake, like vegetable sausages in them and stuff. And he was like, you know, this is the best food I've ever had. <laughs> I just needed something different, you know, when you're eating. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things I've learned in these long runs. When you're eating the same thing over and over and over again, your palate just gets exhausted. And so it's like, like when we were in that one, right before that really tough stretch, I actually, I eat cheese which is kind of a weird thing, but, um, it's, uh, it was funny. I didn't, I didn't touch any cheese until this one stretch, like 280 miles in. I was like, Oh, cheese. Oh my God. It's so good. Oh, I'm just going crazy over. And it worked for a couple hours and then I got tired of it. And so we were just like, everything took, tasted like mush to me at this point. And so I was just like, just give me food. I don't care if, if it's, if it is really appetizing, then awesome. If not, I'm just going to eat it anyway. Cause I just need the calories. I mean, I burnt, 60,000 calories, I think, in this thing. Um, and yeah, I pushed up to the top. Um, 
made it up, made it up there where all the Rams like to hang out and drink drink their their beers, you know, in their little wildlife sanctuary up there. And uh, and then um, we worked our twenty is a twenty four mile downhill into Vegas. And I got there just as it was getting dark, so I could just see the the city lights and stuff. And um, it was pretty it was pretty storybook. Like it's one of those like um, experiences that like I couldn't have scripted any better in that kind of like moment to go from um, kind of afternoon into into early evening. And I went really fast in the, in that first downhill because it was like being a pinball. I was doing like doing like, I don't know what it was, eight minute miles or something. I was like, I can't slow down. Ah. The cars were, you're stuck between, they had going downhill. There's like bumper, like those concrete bumper mm-hmm. things to keep people like in the lanes. And so it was very sketchy for the van to stop there. So we just, he, he we stopped on one section. He said, if we're in a pinball machine. I'm just going to keep going. So we were like, okay. And six miles down, we met him. Yep. And then you did, is that the moment you paced? Did you put on the running shoes? Those Bolega oh, socks? Well, all right. So let's, so the downhill part of it, I'm like, I'm, um, I'm, I'm not taking in much calories, absorbing as much as I should have or needed to. And I could feel myself kind of like, you know, depleting the tank a little bit. Um, uh, but I'm so close, right? I'm almost there. I know, I know, I, I know that I shouldn't be too aggressive at this point because I still have a long way to go, but I'm like, I'm pretty much there. Um, it was like 10 miles from the finish and yeah. we're going to stop in four miles. So we, he had to make it to the four miles. So we only had six left and we stopped and we got him a piece of pizza and some cookies and he just tanked. He was just so tired. I think the sugar just kind of, yeah. Like, and yeah. you know, it's like approaching, it's like 11, 1130 approaching midnight. And we know we're like, just trying to get him to finish that night. And before we really wanted him to break the original um, solo record, which was 93 hours and 59 minutes. Mm-hmm. So as long as we got under that 94 hours, we were going to be happy. So he calls me when he, we we left him at the six miles to go, went down to the four miles to go because that's the final stretch. And he calls me shortly after we park and he's like, I can't go on. I'm, I keep stumbling into the road and there's, it's like a huge like highway. And so I said, well, I'm just stay on the phone with me. I'll walk to you. And then I got a little way. I got, you know, half a mile. And I was like, I'm going to jog because it's taking too long. I was more like, we got to get this thing finished. Everyone's tired. I felt so much pressure. I think that's the other thing is that this whole experience, I, I prepared myself mentally really well. I kept up this mental shield the whole entire time. I didn't want to show true weakness. Yeah. Uh, to Ashley and to the crew, I really, uh, you know, and I think that really helped bolster kind of my performance. And really, once I got into Vegas, I knew that it was like, I'm going to finish this thing at some point, um, you know, hopefully sooner than later. I kind of like let that shield down and it, everything just hit me. And I was just the exhaustion, the pain, the um, just the enormity of the experience, the pressure that people are waiting for me at this Las Vegas sign. And seeing the tired faces of my crew and knowing that I don't want them to have to feel tired anymore. I want to get this over with. Um, it just, it hit me like a Mack truck. And I think also coming from like the desert where there wasn't many lights and coming into Vegas, I was like just overstimulated and I just, I felt lost. I was 
on a sidewalk going and I just had to go one direction, but it just felt so disorienting that I was like, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And that's where I called Ashley to help bail me out. Cause I just, I, you know, I was losing my wits. And I was like, are you, are, do you need medical attest? Like, do you need me to get a paramedic? Do you need a medic? And he was like, no, I just need someone with me. So we met up and I saw him and I'm like, you're fine. We're going to do this. <laughs> I'll run with you. And I'm like, I need a nap. Just give 10 minutes, 10 minutes. Like, please, no, please. you're not taking a nap. We're going. We're going to get this done. And he was fine. I We made it back to the RV. We went that mile and I changed. And then we had four miles left and I we just did it. 11 minute pace. It was nice and easy for him. <laughs> I, on the other hand, it was pushing it for my pace because I just started running a few months ago. But it was good. I mean, he, he made it and he was completely fine after we were together. And he just had that reassurance that somebody was like watching his back, making sure that he was going the right way. Yeah. And I think honestly, if, uh, when I look back on it, like I, I couldn't have asked for a better way to finish this thing because I mean, Ashley's been my ride or die. She's been my rock through everything. And you know, I'm not a professional runner. Um, I have, I do have brands that support me, um, in uh, specific ways, but, um, you know, I'm just a hard worker and, you know, she's been by my side through thick and thin and on all this. And to be able to share those last miles with her was just, I mean, can't ask for a better way to finish. Um, especially the type of like, uh, what is it like trans transcendental like experience that we had, like this, like, like out of body experience kind of through the whole 346 miles. Yeah. It was, I had a lot of pride in that moment that because we've been together for 13 years now and I've never been a runner. He's always had this thing that uh, we've shared, but it's really been his thing. And um, there've been so many times where he's like, just go out and run a little bit with me, but he's always accepted that I'm not a runner. And to be able to get to a point physically where I could do something like that with him was, I mean, I just felt, I was just really proud. It was a good, it was a good moment. And to see him finish was, was incredible. Everyone was crying at the end because we were so tired, but also it was, it was cool. And history made first, yeah. first solo runner to complete the OG route and break the old solo record. So that's pretty then, fantastic. It's a good, yeah. it's a good couple of days work. Um, two more things before I let you guys go. Um, bigger sense of relief crossing that finish line in Vegas, knowing that this journey was over or realizing that you were going to get the security deposit back. What was the bigger <laughs> relief between the, the two? The security deposit because... <laughs> That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, it was Kelsey's the one who put up the security deposit at the last minute. So I was so glad that she got it back, although we would have paid for it if, if we lost it. But he also um, fainted oh, yeah. in the restaurant after... We went to try to eat afterward and he was walking fine, acting fine, but his blood pressure dipped so low that he passed out like in, in my arms in the restaurant. Yeah. I had to go to the um, hospital. And we went to the hospital just to be sure. And the doctors were like, your nutrition is on point. We, your labs look great. Your potassium is nowhere near where we thought it, it was like, it, it was way higher than I thought it would be after running so long. They were just like, fanboying a little bit a few of them came in to talk to him and be, they were just like what is, how did you do it man and we were just yeah. like all right and to, add, and to add to that too ryan like these guys were like 
you could tell they're like tatted up like trail runner kind of guys. They're yeah. like, you know, they're definitely like, cooler than us. Do you know David Goggins? <laughs> you know David Goggins? He's awesome. And I was like, uh, I think I was on a, in a race with him one time. I don't think I ever saw him, but like I know that he was on the entrance entrance list. Yeah. So they're like, oh man, it's like a David Goggins thing. It's so cool. That's um, awesome. <laughs> and while I'm like trying to fall asleep, like I'm like I'm so exhausted. This is embarrassing that I'm in the hospital, like, you know, all this stuff. But, um, you know, another way to, uh, you know, bring build the legend even further, you know? I am I am human. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this last question, Cole, I want you to close your ears and you can't listen to this, ep- this part of the podcast. So, Cole, if you're listening right now, turn it off because you're done. Uh, Ashley, I, I love the way you look at Cole and I love the way you talk about Cole. Um, there's a real affection there. Both of you, you can see a real affection between both of you for you. Keep those ears closed. Um, for you, what was it like to see Cole, the man you've loved for 13 years to accomplish something so monumental? Oh, I mean, I was just, I'm really proud. I feel very, I feel like I can buy into this success and that it was like such a team effort and the way that he treats his crew and how humble he stays and, and just the way that he tells his story and the, the stories of all of his runs. But this one in particular, I, I'm, I'm very happy for him. It was really validating and I'm, I'm so glad to see him have that kind of success after you know, we've had ups and downs with his runs over the years. And just for him to reach this level where he's getting respect from people that he's idolized or, or just held in such high esteem. I, I just love seeing, seeing that. So yeah, I mean, it's fun to, it's fun to be a part of it too. All right. Cole can open his ears now. You can, you can listen, but, Cole. I just, I, you know, I don't want you to get a big head. Okay. I just exactly, don't. Yeah. <laughs> we just talked about how much the security deposit was. I didn't want to hear. Oh, I, know, I, know. <laughs> I didn't want you to freak out. Um, so what's next, Cole, besides, besides taking Ashley on a really nice vacation that does not involve running. That's a given. But what is the next adventure for Cole Crosby? I have a feeling you've signed up already. And maybe this is the moment to finally break it to Ashley. I mean, she, she knows about this. I mean, I guess my next race is going to Canada to run the Quebec mega trail because anytime that you have a grand prize of winning, winning an entry with all expense paid trip to uh, run the uh, grand raid diagonal to foo, like in Madagascar. Yeah. Wow. The one that Courtney DeWalter won. Yeah. Like, Like that race, like, so why not sign up? Right. So I signed up for that like last year to do it this year. Cause I and mean, I, that's and I do want, that's a race though. If he wins the one in Canada and gets the entry for the Madagascar race, now that's one that I can really, she can buy into that. <laughs> I can buy into it. <laughs> um, I have to build out time before the race to yeah, go and enjoy. Yeah. Yes. But besides that, just recovery. We have a wonderful hot tub, which has been my, my secret to heat training and recovery that we're going to be hanging out in and just, living our life right yeah so and uh to close ryan all i all i really want to tell people is that um you know i i i'm not i'm not someone extra special or anything like that i think 
anyone can achieve these kind of great things. I think it takes one, a great support network, a great community, um, just hard work and dedication. And so when we, when we're looking at seeing all these top athletes, just crushing it out on the roads and trails and stuff, I think the lesson to learn is that that can be you. It's just your path to get there may be harder than others. And, but just know that if don't ever give up. Um, and I think that's what I've learned, learned most. That's why I think I've done so well in a race like the speed project is because I, even when things got tough, I never gave up hope. I knew that I had it in the bag. Um, I just had to stay patient and, lean on my, my support system. Um, so anyway, we, we got the record beast coast, baby, Rhode Island, the little estate got a stamp out there in LA and Las Vegas. So it will live for it live forever. Can't that was, take that away. I, you can't. And what an awesome finish. It was so fun to follow along on social media. Um, I was just so happy when you messaged me. I think it was Saturday morning um, and sent me all those pictures and told me about the race. I'm like, oh, let's, are you awake? Let's just record now. This is so cool. <laughs> I want to talk about this. So, so Cole, I'm incredibly happy for you. Thank you so much for, for coming on and, and sharing the story again. It is always a pleasure to have you on. Ashley, it, is a pl- it was a pleasure getting to know you. Thank you Thank for, for, you. for not only tolerating him, but coming on, on the Adventure Jogger. You, We'll be checking in with you, by the way, on the Christmas episode again. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, okay. And thank you, Ryan. As uh, this is, you know, I mean, you're you're a legend, and this is uh, every time it's just an honor to be on here. It's I mean, my favorite tertiary running podcast. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> the best tertiary po- running podcast. It's the best tertiary podcast <laughs> out there. Better than the tertiary sewing podcast <laughs> and uh, curling podcast and pickleball and all that stuff. You guys are too. So have a listen, people. <laughs> You're just too kind. Thank you. 